Hey everyone, welcome to the Next Chapter Athletes podcast, where we dive deep into the stories and experiences of retired athletes. Join us as we explore the lessons that athletes learned from their playing days and how they are approaching life today. Get ready for some engaging conversations, insights, and stories that will allow you to peek into the lives of the general athlete. I choose to believe that our life is a story, and all of us deserve that chance to tell it. So let's tune in together. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Evan, for joining me on the podcast. I'm very excited. I know we've had a lot of back and forth within the last few weeks, and I know you're overcoming strep throat. I'm just super glad and fortunate that you're able to join us here. Uh, but before we we start talking about you and your career, do you mind just giving a bit of a just a little synopsis of who you are, what school you played at, your sport, and then where you're from? Of course. Thanks, Nico, for having me. I know like my nine to five definitely got in the way of us talking <laughs> way sooner, but I really appreciate you making time for me. My name is Evan Smith. I'm from California. If you guys know where Magic Mountain is, that's my hometown. I played soccer at UCSB, and I was a goalie on the team. Nice. And in terms of how long you played, when did you start playing in college, and when did you officially graduate? Okay, so I started playing college soccer in 2019, and then I graduated in 2023, so I got that little COVID rift, but I didn't add an extra year. <laughs> oh, you so you, did, you didn't take that extra year? No, I didn't. I kind of wish I did, but we'll talk about why I didn't later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. We'll, we'll definitely get into that. And then for me, too, I also had that sixth year, and I didn't take it either. So yeah. I know how that is, and I know it was probably a very difficult decision. It was for me, so totally understand. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, as we get into this, I want to just learn a little bit more about, you know, your athletic experience. And I'm sure others out there, too, would like to know in terms of your your soccer career. But before we get into the meat and I guess the the little details here, I want to know more about what really motivated you to decide, hey, I want to take this this career to the next level and go play soccer in college. Yeah. So my dad was a D1 athlete. He played for Cal Berkeley as a basketball player. He only played like two years, but I looked up to him like immensely. Like I wanted to be Leroy Smith. And I just like, I wanted to show him that like he raised someone that like was similar to him, I guess. So I think also adding on top of that, I saw the 2012 Women's World Cup. I think that's when they won. And I saw Hope Solo and I was like, I want to be Hope Solo. And like, obviously I did my research and I saw what school she went to. It was like D1 soccer. I'm like, okay, okay. My dad played D1 too. I need to do, I need to be Hope Solo. And I also want to make my dad proud. So that's why I tried to like get to that level. And I don't know. I just like, I just like, I just love the competition, like the grind. So yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So it sounds like there are multiple kind of factors that sort of played into your decision. It was your father, right? Your dad and his athletic career and you wanting to make him proud in a way. But then also you seeing those at like that high stage, right? Watching them perform Mm -hmm. and play. And then it almost sounds like you're just committed to the grind. You're, you're, you're a hard worker and you know, you're not, you're not shy from that. 
I'm curious though. So a bit of a side question here. Your dad, you played at Cal Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, how how tall is he? Because I feel like playing six, basketball, seven. you gotta be. He, He's six tall? seven. Six, six seven. seven. Wow. And then how <laughs> tall are you? See, this is where I'm getting mad because my mom is five four, <laughs> and I'm okay on my stat sheet. Sheet it says six foot. I'm like mm-hmm. maybe a cool five ten and a half, but. <laughs> I think confidence makes me 5'11", and then the cleats make me six foot. So, yeah. don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's 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 funny though because I'm not really sure exactly in terms of what the average, I guess, height is for a goalie. But yeah. I know for my sport in football, mm-hmm. I played offensive lineman, and I'm six two mm-hmm. on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> on the stat sheet, I was six two, but in real life, I'm probably hovering six one. My friends would tell you I'm five nine you know but (laughs) you know I was undersized and I can I can totally relate to that where it's like you maybe the shortest one on the field but you play like you're the tallest yeah I don't know about the shortest on the field but I definitely oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I I am curious so is did height ever play into your recruiting experience at all I was recruited heavily because of my height Mm. and also because I was good with my hands and the only thing that affected my recruiting negatively was my consistency. See, like mm-hmm. when also I started getting, there was, was a multi-factor on this. Soccer, you get recruited when you're like in middle school. And I started going like to the, like the high levels of club soccer when I was in my sophomore year of high school. So all the scholarships were pretty much gone for all the schools that I wanted to go to. So I wanted to go to UW, I wanted to go to like UT Austin. I wanted to go to UNC. I wanted to go to like all those like, you know, top power five schools. Yeah, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And then what also messed up my recruiting is that I get super nervous. I was so nervous all the time during showcases and stuff. And I would just mess up, you know, like right in front of my scout that was watching me. And like the Allo's a bummer, but I also like believe heavily in like things happen for a reason. And I probably wouldn't have been Evan who I am today if I went to those power five schools yeah absolutely so it almost sounds like anxiety right in the moment Mm -hmm. and did you feel like you experienced that whenever you went to play in college or did you (laughs) feel like you had a better job handling it I feel like when college it was like a different a different what is that a different villain Mm. in college it was more like I wanted to be the big West goalkeeper of the year. And like, it was the same, di- it was the same villain in a different costume, I guess, because like for like my college recruiting, I wanted the top school. I wanted to be at the power five schools. When I was playing soccer, it was like, I want to be the big West goalkeeper of the year. I want to have the best stats. I want to have the, I want to make it into the record book for the most shutouts. I want to have the most saves. Like I had this thing posted up on my wall, just like, how many how many shutouts I had and like what is the record book shutouts like and I think that's just like the amount of pressure you put on yourself like kind of hinders you because like I honestly thought I was a real I, I still think I'm a really good goalkeeper I just think that the mentality of me putting pressure on myself kind of ruined the experience and also just like didn't give me the confidence to like actually perform yeah yeah, absolutely. It, I can sort of relate to that because 
at the same time, I felt like I was had very like high ambitions in terms of my career. And mm-hmm. when you put that level of stress on your shoulders, right, to perform at a level that, you know, very, mm-hmm. maybe the top 1% of the 1%, like the Alex Morgans of the world, right, are able to yeah. like, ever achieve, it almost makes the experience of the journey very difficult and mm-hmm. almost unenjoyable. So, you know, for me, I've always tried to figure out why I put that sort of, I guess, stress on my shoulders. I know you talked about, you know, your dad being an influence on you and your decision mm-hmm. to pursue playing in college. Is Was that sort of like you think the same driving force behind you wanting to become the best in your position? Honestly, no. I think that like one of the biggest things, I'm getting, getting sweaty palms because it's such a vulnerable topic, but, like, mm-hmm. when I was playing soccer, like, it was, like, my main thing. Like, it was who I was. Like, and if I wasn't good at soccer, then who am I? Like, what? Yeah. Like, that, that That felt like, oh, okay, if I'm not good at soccer, then you don't, like, my friend, my family's not going to be proud of me. They don't love me. Like, I, I don't have any friends. Like, my whole entire friend group was on the soccer team. They're going to be mad at me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I, like, put so much pressure on myself because, like, I put my identity on something that was so external and so uncontrollable that it, like, kind of, like, weighed me down. And also, like, it was a double-edged sword, 1,000%. Like, I couldn't even do well in the thing that I, like, was passionate about. Yeah. And I can relate to that because... For me, you know, I know this is kind of getting a little, a little, you know, a, a sensitive topic, but yeah. I did the same thing. I mm-hmm. felt that my validation and my worth and who I was as a person, right, was tied directly to my performance on the field. Yeah. And I felt like if I had a bad practice or a bad game or something, it was that my friends, which were pretty much my teammates, looked mm-hmm. at me differently. The coaches that yeah. I, you know, that, controlled my you know playing time and everything like that felt like they mm-hmm. were putting me on thin ice and you know yeah. it's it's tough it's tough and especially whenever you get that external validation from people that you look up to when you do perform well um mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a, a form of love right you get that yeah. love and that, that affirmation mm-hmm. but at the same time I think ultimately the biggest thing I learned from just being retired is that that has to come from within and it's like it's tough I know it's it's tough to hear that it's tough to do it and I'm still trying to figure that out (laughs) but (laughs) it's true (laughs) my question to you is like with this podcast do you Mm -hmm. think that like you kind of like trying to relinquish those like habits of like try and gain external validation from other people and like just doing it for yourself yeah, ultimately, I'm doing this because I know that there's other people that feel like me. Mm-hmm. And my best friend in college, who we played football together, Towson, he mm-hmm. he he committed suicide. And he, I know, I know, we're getting a little sensitive here, no, but it's okay. he I'm sorry went through some loss. very difficult times. Thank you, I appreciate that. He he went through some very difficult times after after graduating and no longer playing and i think for me that was sort of the the catalyst that made me decide i'm gonna even though this isn't joe rogan podcast right you know with like three million viewers at a time Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to give people the chance to say their story, help them use this as a way to almost kind of work through some of the, some of the experiences they had and let them know that they're not alone and that they're here. I'm here. You're here. And we went through it. And this is a community. So, well, that gave me like chills and like a little stump in my heart. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like my friend Katie, she also passed away in 2021. Was it 2021? No, it was 2022. That was very hard for me. That was like the, now she was my, I, okay. So going back to like my high school experience with Katie she was on my club team with me. She was a year older than me. She was committed to Stanford. Such a vivacious, like, loud, confident lady. Like, I guess, lady, young woman. I don't know. And, like, we were friends and we were goalkeepers together. And, like, the persona that I have nowadays and, like, the like the the laughter I bring to like everything I do is because of Katie. Like she like inspired me to take myself less seriously and like also like just have fun. And we would have, we would laugh the whole entire practice. Like I kid you not, like I've never had such a funny practice until I met Katie Myers and out. She was my competitor. Like I'd be like, oh, I need to get back at Katie. Like, oh, like, I need to be better. I need to be better. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh. I don't know. And I, like, uh, I just really appreciate that because mental health and athletes, they need to coincide and they need to coexist. And I wish that, like, there was, like, a bigger emphasis on this back in 2022. And I just really appreciate you giving this a platform. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just wanted to say, too, that I'm sorry for your loss. And I think the the best thing we can do is is just live our life for them, you know. Yeah. And I it sounds like like Katie and even my friend that were very just like similar in the sense that they were almost like the the life of the party in a way where it was yeah. like you know they were just the kindest souls you would ever met, the funniest people you'd have ever met, and it, mm-hmm. it sucks because it's almost like you know they're like the kind of people that you never want to lose and you never want to see them go. But ultimately it's that we have to feel in a way that their lessons, their, the way they made us feel, they're always going to be with us. Yeah. And we just have to live with that. And I think ultimately the way I see it is you can only control what you can control and mm-hmm. that's how I, that's what I that's what I want to control, you know, is knowing that yeah. I met him, grateful for it. But yeah, this he's ultimately the driving force behind this. So wow, yeah, yeah. Um, and another thing too is that you know there is a big emphasis I would say now at least from other platforms such as like the hidden opponent, right? I think. Mm-hmm they have like a chapter at your school and like Morgan's message, very, very strong organizations with powerful messages as well. But I also Mm -hmm. feel like there's a lack of focus on kind of trying to drive change in terms of looking inward in people and Mm -hmm. developing, developing them holistically rather than 
you know, mental health is a very big, big component, but Mm -hmm. there's also the identity component. Why do you, yeah, like, why do you associate yourself to your sports so strongly, which that can probably be answered through, you know, your strong commitment to being the best you can be. And Mm -hmm. when you leave your sport, you sort of have this major shock to your system and you have to figure out what am I going to do? Who Mm -hmm. am I? And ultimately that's what I want to help people with is helping them reach that answer for them. Obviously they have to get that themselves, but at the same time they don't have to do it alone. So, well, yeah, (laughs) I love that because I I like was looking at your questions, the ones you sent me. And I was like, the one of the biggest things that I was like, you, you said, you said, how did you feel after you left your sport? Or like you, when you realized you were done and I think the biggest like feeling was emptiness, like just like straight up, just like, and I didn't realize it was emptiness until like I was already out of Santa Barbara. You know what I mean? Like I was like, so like paranoid about everything, just like not who I was, not Evan Smith anymore. I was just like a a ghost. I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't feel friends. I didn't feel like I had ties to the community anymore. Like, I just felt, like, lost. And I completely understand what you're saying. Because, like, I, like, 100% advocate for athletes, for anyone who's, like, in that kind of situation where we're, like, 24-7 or, like, 20 hours a week, we're going to practice and, like, going to school and it's a full-time job to, like, take some time to figure out who you are outside of it. Because only, like, maybe one percent one two percent actually go pro and mm-hmm. it's a hard shock like you said when you're not playing it anymore yeah no absolutely and I'm glad that you you talked about that because you would probably find a lot more people feel the same way it's mm-hmm. the way that I viewed it was I was Nico the football player right and I'm assuming you probably felt you know I'm Evan the goalkeeper the soccer player I'm here and when you lose sort of like that function that you're there for, mm-hmm. it's like, what use am I, you know? Yeah. And you have to figure out that you're not put on this earth to serve a, like some, someone else's purpose, right? You're not mm-hmm. here to fulfill a job or a career. The outlook that I've had to develop was that I'm here to live, man. I'm here to I just have a good time and, yeah. Just spread peace and just be good, be kind. And I think that helped me realize that there's much more to me than just the football player. Yeah. And that was just one microcosm of my identity. I know. It's easier said than done, though. I've been three years, almost three years out. <laughs> and <you> know, <laughs> and it's it's tough. I still, I still have to work through things. You know, you're always going to be working through. There's never just going to be the perfect image of you. There's always going to be work that has to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of switched gears actually pretty, pretty nicely there. So good job. (laughs) But in terms of you feeling like, you know, you were sort of just empty inside, right? Did you Mm -hmm. also feel like you kind of just couldn't interact with the people that you used to interact with, like your teammates, coaches, family? Yeah. Yeah, one thousand percent. I noticed that question on your also the <laughs> preliminary questions that you sent me, 
Mm-hmm. I don't talk to my coaches or my old teammates. I only talk to my retired fellows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the people that retired with me. So my best friend Claire, or like my other, I have a lot of best friends. My, my other good friend Emily Johnson, Elise, just like all the people that like graduated the same year as me, I am in, con- in contact with and just checking in on always because like I feel like we all have this bond of like knowing. And, like, I don't know. I think we were there for each other during the last few months of college when we didn't have that, I don't know, system or routine anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that, sim- like, we all had that similar feeling that was just, like, silent. You know what I mean? Like, we just didn't talk about it. But, yeah, I, yeah. I don't really talk to people that are part of the program now currently but I do talk to people that are in the athletic department which is great (laughs) yeah yeah and do you feel like you miss any of them in terms of those that are still part of the program yeah I do I miss the youngsters like I do think I'm transitioning to myself because I feel like I need to say what I need to say before like I like combust so Mm -hmm. I think that, like, for my experience, like, my last year, I put a lot of pressure on myself for multiple reasons. One was my last year. I wanted to finish strong, and, like, that was, like, not a great way to look at things. But also, I wanted to, like, dedicate my season to Katie, and, like, that was another, another like... And I don't think I treated my teammates well. Like, I just don't think that, like, I was, like, the captain that I wanted to be. I don't think that I was the team player I wanted to be. It felt very selfish for me, kind of. Like, I'm not a selfish person, but I think I, like, took the senior, it's my year, my last year, it's all about me kind of role, and I just, like, don't love that. But, and I think I was embarrassed about it when I was, when I left. So I didn't, like, try to keep contact or anything. And, yeah. But I think if I could redo everything, I would do it differently. And... I definitely think that in the in the next couple of years, I will reach out to everybody and say, like, how are you doing and everything. I just, like, think I need time to process. <laughs> and yeah. I think they need time to process, too. Yeah. No, I I agree. It's it's crazy how you and I are actually very similar in this in this way <laughs> because I, I sort of hid. I hid from everybody. I... Mm-hmm put myself in a box for a couple of years, didn't talk to anyone that I played with my guests, like my best friends. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of regrets in that. Yeah. Um, and I think that now what I'm doing is I'm starting to reach back out to them. I'm starting to, you know, reconnect with everyone because it has been a few years and I have had the time to work through these things. And mm-hmm. I think that, I think you were going to realize that, no one is going to be mad at you. No one yeah. is going to no one is going to hold it against you because we all have our demons. We all have our our own our own sort of challenges that we have to work through and fight through. But it's very <laughs> it's very intelligent and like introspective of you to view it that way and know that what you need and what you're doing and I think that shows that you're not a selfish person. It shows that you care about others. You shows that you understand the impact that you have on others, 
and that's that's very that's very good of you thank you so yeah and then in terms of kind of going back to your senior year right Mm -hmm. you were talking about you wanted to make that year for Katie you wanted to be Mm -hmm. this very productive good year but you were also the team captain and you felt like it was not your best I guess opportunity or best chance to be that captain or that leader for your, your younger teammates is there like one lesson that you can take out of that, that you can apply to your life going forward? I think about this. all. I, I don't think about this often, but I know I think about it often subliminally. Subliminally. I have a speech impediment, so. This, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. No worries. No worries. I think one of the things I really should just like take in for like a multiple, multiple aspects of my life is trust the process. And also enjoy the experience. Because I think we talked about it a lot, a lot, a little while ago, but like I did not make that season fun. Like that mm-hmm. season was not fun. It wasn't about playing soccer for the fun of it. It wasn't playing, it wasn't, it wasn't about passion. It was about goals or like aspirations. Because like, I think goals and aspirations are different. It was about an aspiration in mind. And I think when you don't have like a coinciding, like, effort from everybody and like a vision from everybody it just gets lost into individual aspirations and I think that's what happened with my team so I think that I could have like pulled everybody together a little bit better and like made sure everybody felt safe and made sure that like I don't know I just feel like there was like there was a goal in mind but Mm -hmm. there wasn't a path and on that path, it was like on the path that didn't exist. There was like potholes, <laughs> like yeah. divots, and like things that just kept on like falling through. And I think that when I lay out things in the future, I just want to make sure that it's a story ground that we can walk on. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a very good way to look at it. And and when I was asking, like, what is like one lesson you could take out of it? I don't want you to also think that, you know, kind of go back and think what you you wish you would have done differently, because Mm -hmm. I just want to say that trying to go back or think about what you would have done differently Mm -hmm. is only damaging to you in a way, because it's like it's over and done with. Right. Mm -hmm. And the only thing we can do is just control how we, you know, carry ourselves going forward. And I think that you're doing a fantastic job of doing that. So you should Thanks. be proud of yourself. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got a, a couple of things throughout my senior season too, just to sidetrack, because I'm a sidetracker. I got a, like a, I got a, like a, what's those people, what are those people called? An athletic mental coach or something like that? I don't know what they're called. Yeah, um, like a sports well, psychologist. Sports psychologist. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I make up words sometimes. <laughs> good. I do the same thing too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I got a athletic psychologist or not. is that what they call it? What do you what did you call it? Uh, yeah, like a sports psychologist or sports psychologist. Yeah, sports like a mentalist. Yeah. yeah, and she like helped me my last like my last four weeks of my season, and it was actually like a, an enjoyable experience because like I had like these I had this list of things to do each week, and it was like trust the process, have fun dance smile laugh like check in with your teammates you know like things like that and like 
I don't think the whole entire season was bad. I just think that like I started off the season like in a in a in a in a in a tunnel, in a tunnel vision. And yeah. I think that there was a balance to everything and towards the end of it I got slowly becoming balanced. So I could see the lesson that I took out of that is just like it's a journey and like not everything is bad and not everything is good. And I think I'm actually very proud of myself because I got, I, both of my shoulders got messed up during that season. I like tore the labrums in both of my shoulders and I had to get surgeries on, I had to get surgery on both of my shoulders. Wow. And I think that's another reason why I'm not in contact with my team. <laughs> like I totally forgot about my left shoulder. I just like, didn't feel like anyone like reached out to me during that time. So like, that's something that like made me feel like I just like, nobody really cares about me. You know what I mean? So like, that's why I think also I didn't like keep in contact with many people. Yeah. yeah. You, so just, just to confirm, you got both, did you get Shoulder surgery? Surgery. Yeah. You got surgery on both. Wow. Okay. Cause I, I tore my, my labor in my right shoulder and I got mm-hmm. surgery, but not, not both. I mean, that's, that's insane. So did you do both back to back or like that's possible? Like I would like, I was going to say, I wouldn't do that to me. Be like I this. My... <laughs> <laughs> Just like this. Nah, I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did my, I did my non-dominant first. So my, mm. and it was my, what is it called? It was an acute, it was an acute injury. So this was chronic. My right shoulder was chronic. This was mm. an acute injury. So this happened my last game of my my last season second half two seconds in boom dislocated told my labrum couldn't play someone else put got subbed in for me so that was traumatic in itself we don't talk about that that's something completely different (laughs) but I got my left shoulder surgery the day before New Year's Eve in 2022 and then yeah I got my right shoulder surgery just this August in August 28th I think yeah Wow. That is, that is, that is pretty, pretty intense because just both, both shoulder. I mean, that makes sense from a goalie perspective because I mean, your shoulders are probably put through blunt force every dang day in practice. And then also (laughs) in games, I can only imagine just, you know, the, especially you said one of them was a chronic injury that, I mean, that makes total sense. Mine was, I don't know if it was, I think acute, right. means like it was, like it was one that, time deal. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Someone... No, it was like my hand. So I went to go block somebody. Their hand met with my hand, and then it pushed my shoulder back at an mm-hmm. awkward angle, causing it to tear in the front. And then also broke my wrist. Had to oh get my God. surgery. <laughs> yeah. So I can totally understand the injury aspect. It it's no, it's no easy thing, and. Did you play with the chronic injury for like a whole season before knowing yeah. you could? Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, I got this injury back when I was in like middle school and like, I would just have the oh, sleeve wow. on all the time. And, um, it wasn't like a pain, like honestly, like it would just like pop out mm-hmm. randomly, like once a year, pop back in and keep on playing. And then when I came to UCSB, they like, you know, you do your physicals at the beginning of the year and then they were like, that's weird that you get like a dislocated shoulder every single year. Let's check that out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
it's like oh, they said that I have really loose ligaments because I'm really I'm tall, and my my mm. dad also has loose ligaments, so it's like a genetic thing. And then so they put me on a program and like straighten strengthening and like stretching and all the other stuff. But like COVID happened and like I totally forgot that I even had the injury to be honest. And then I broke my pinky. So that was the actually I didn't Ooh. break it. That's just, just an easy way to say it. That's just an easy way to say it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um I broke my pinky and that became my mo- main focus. And then my last season, my senior season, I like started playing, you know, I was playing really tough, really hard. I lost a yeah. crap ton of weight during the summer just to like get in shape. And like over I think it was just overworking because I was just like grinding. I was grinding. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like I I was like a I'm not I'm not kidding. I was a beast. Like I was a beast at the beginning of the season. And then I like tore I like dislocated my shoulder and then it like it's like just declined. and they like put me in this like like harness thing that was super tight just keep to keep my shoulder in and I was playing on I was just playing with that and yeah I just kept on dislocating it even with the harness thing and I was like I cannot not play I cannot not play like there's there's not like a part of me that's like gonna say no like I'm I'm already gonna get the surgery I have to play and then literally did I know that, that I was on tear I was on tear the ligament on my left shoulder too. So that's oh, what happened. Wow. So you knew you knew the injuries, I guess. Like you had a you had a good sense of what was what was happening, but you mm-hmm. were like, This is my senior year, I'm not gonna let this stop me. Screw what you're yeah. saying to me. Cause I I know how doctors are, they're gonna tell you you can't you shouldn't, right? But I also get a sense from you that you're like, no. Like I'm gonna do what I want to do, because yeah. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. And well, I didn't see a doctor, so I was like, I'm not going to the fucking doctor. Sorry for my yeah. language. I'm not going to the doctor. No, you're good. <laughs> like I'm not going to the doctor. Like we already know what this is. Like mm-hmm. let me play. I'll do my. I I literally lived in the training room. I don't know if that's yeah. what you call it, the eight year old athletic training room. Mm-hmm. I lived there. Like before practice, after practice, I was in there. Like. Before practice, I was doing exercises, warming up my shoulder, doing the sh- the shoulder exercises. I had to get taped, and then I had to get bandaged. So I did tape and band, like I did the wrap, and then, yeah. then I like went to practice, did my did my stuff, came back, did my ice, did the treatment, did the stem or like heat, whatever we needed to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. went home, went to sleep, did the same thing the next day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if I were to try to like profile your type of personality here, mm-hmm. you have the personality of someone that's going to outwork anybody. It sounds like, and nothing was going to stop you from reaching your goal. And you, you just had a work ethic that, was going to be unmatched. Do you, do you feel that again, you talked about your influences, like your dad, right. Mm -hmm. Trying to become, you know, make it a very good season, do it for Katie. Do you 
feel like those are some of the same factors as to kind of pushing you to just outwork anybody? I think I'm just a competitor. Yeah? I don't know. Like, competition is not like... It, it, like, I feel like nowadays, as I'm reading more spiritual books and, like, I'm reading more mm -hmm. things, like, before it was def my motivation was definitely competition and winning. But mm -hmm. if I look back on it now, I think it was just pure determination. Like, mm -hmm. I, like... I thrive off of, like, just work ethic and, like, getting things done. Like, for example, like, my grandma, my grand, I, I don't want to call her horrible, but, like, she buys a lot of stuff. And, like, <laughs> she had, like, so much, like, stuff all around her, like, living room and her, like, like this other third bedroom that she had. It was called a clo the closet. And, like, I was mm -hmm. like, no, I'm literally going to come home. I'm going to graduate and I'm, I'm going to clean that. And I, like, got home. I was like, okay, like, did my whole entire spill in my room because, like, I'm a chronic cleaner. If I, like, if I have a, if I have an environment to myself, I'm going to, like, clean it. Mm -hmm. And I told my grandma I was going to do it for her. And she's like, no, nah, I mean, you're not going to do it. Like, whatever. But right before my surgery, I, like, spent, like, two days of, like, two weeks. Like, one week I did it. One day, one week I did it. Another week, day I, the next week I did it for one day, too. And I just, like just grinded away just like cleaned everything and she's just like looking at me like oh you gotta stop i'm like i don't care like i'm literally getting this done and like mm -hmm. i don't know just thrive of like i don't know like i, I just love yeah. getting things done i just yeah. like i like accomplishing things and checking it off the to-do list yeah no that makes sense have you ever heard of a sheepdog no what is that okay. like i like the, yeah i know what a sheepdog is but yeah okay what is that like in in the post in persona? I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, my offensive line coach, my my position coach in college, mm -hmm. he made this whole persona of us being sheepdogs, and okay. if a sheepdog is essentially a dog that leads cattle, like or leads not cattle, sorry, it leads sheep essentially, mm -hmm. and other small farm animals and it protects them but mm -hmm. that's its duty that's its job and mm -hmm. if it doesn't have that duty or that job it feels like it's not like it almost loses like its purpose in a way like it's that that's kind of like how we are right in this transition we yeah. feel like we kind of lose our purpose or our, our kind of like our, our job mm -hmm. but at the same time though there's this innate determination in them to continuously work continuously mm -hmm. protect continuously defend the the sheep the small farm animals that can't protect themselves from the wolves mm -hmm. have you ever heard of the wolf versus the sheepdog yeah yeah it sounds I mean, like you're a sheepdog yeah i do like now i'm getting the reference yeah i get yeah it. yeah i know it's it's kind of for me at least i jump when i make analogies or connections it may mm -hmm. not make sense to everyone at first, but I have to try to explain it a little bit <laughs> to, to connect the dots. No, I love but, I know I love yeah. analogies. I get it. I get it completely. Duty is so, something that I love. I do love duty and like protection. Do I do. You, I, I understand that. Yeah. No, I think it I think that's just who we are in our nature. You know, that's mm -hmm. who you are in your nature. You're gonna get yeah. things done no matter what, no matter 
the circumstances in front of you, you just push through just like how you did with your shoulder. And I think that in this new kind of path that we're on now, right, we're no longer playing our sport where we can put that energy and direct the energy towards it. But is there something that you're directing the energy towards now? Good question. (laughs) I think I like kind of like when I was playing soccer, I like dimmed my creative light a lot. And I'm very, I feel like I'm very, very creative. And I'm also very, I'm very much of an introspective thinker kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I do want to start writing a book, not about athletics or anything, but I started writing this, like, I, I wrote the like, prologue of this book and I think it's very interesting. And all my friends are telling me it's interesting and they're not liars. They, they like, they love to like dim, like, no, what is it called? Not dim my light, make my head swallow. So they would have told me if it was trash. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and what, I'm what's like, the book about it's called the comedian that cried wolf because i i my friend always tells me that like i'm always just like making jokes like just like i'm also a very big flirt like i'm, I'm always gonna flirt with people but like mm-hmm. she's like you're the comedian that cried wolf like you like just you making problems for yourself I'm like i know i'm sorry yeah but so, I'll, I'll send I'll send you the I'll send you the prologue after this, and yeah, you have to keep it to yourself. <laughs> okay, okay, I will. Pinky promise, pinky promise. That's so cool Thank though, because I was actually literally going to ask you if I could if I could read it, because I'm always uh, to me too. I felt like mm-hmm. being an athlete, I kind of did dim some of the other interests that I had, right? And that sort yeah. of kind of like this podcast, you know, this platform, it's. Mm-hmm allowing me to kind of express my creativity and express maybe my own ideas. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really cool. And I think it's awesome that you found that through writing. And ultimately that's, I enjoy writing. And I think that for you, you're going to find a lot of success with that. And you're going to find that it could be perhaps almost therapeutic for you to continue writing and it becomes a form of self-expression. You'll start seeing your own ideas and your own values and beliefs and and views start coming out, maybe not directly, but through, you know, indirectly from a story. And I think that's going to open your eyes a little more into you and your soul and who you are. So I'm excited that you're on that path. (laughs) Nico, you really know how to gas me up. Thank you so much. No, hey, hey. Gas me up. I don't like, I feel like (laughs) this is inspiring to me because like, I like put it on hold because like I I'm going through like a little of a halt like a halt a rough patch right now, and I was just mm-hmm. like I need to focus on like the tangibles like my job yeah like eating sleeping routine going to the gym I'll 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 focus on like the the like the happiness pursuit in a second like let me mm-hmm. just like get back on a stable ground and each day like I'm like okay I think. Ne- tomorrow is going to be like the day I'm going to like sit down and actually keep on writing this book. But like, I do appreciate that. And I do think that I, I am going to pursue this like full heartedly. Like I woke up today and I was mm-hmm. like writing competitions on my phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, I definitely okay. think that I, I think I'm slowly getting to the stage where I'm like comfortable taking time to do it, you know? Yeah. So another thing that I just thought of is that I know you were saying like, you're focusing on the tangibles, right? Like your routine, 
your your job, your exercise, diet, etc. What you know, mm-hmm. things that in you have to control in your routine. Yeah. But I would also challenge that by saying that you can almost achieve that a little easier by focusing on what you love to do because you also need to kind of have like that balance, right? So as an athlete, right, you mm-hmm. you worked your ass off. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you did the same thing in the weight room, on the field. Do you feel do you feel like you have sort of like the same kind of exercise routine as you did before or that same feeling that you got? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question. See, like I got the surgeries, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I really don't work out like I used to, but I just don't think anything would feel like as like crazy as like diving or like jumping up for a ball. Like, cause like soccer and the strategy that like goalkeepers have to like save, to save anything that comes their way is like a different, like it just, it's a different game than going to the gym and like, you know, doing some biceps, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. running a <laughs> and I like feel like, I don't know. I like, I just don't think I get the same, the same thrill, you know, but like, it does feel good to just like take care of my body. It just doesn't like give me the same, I don't know, like the same thing, like the same, the same, I I think the world is thrill. It doesn't give me the same thrill as, as goalkeeping used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a different, you you work out for a different purpose now, you know, it's, it's not like you have coaches scheduling it out. You don't have a strength coach scheduling things out for you anymore. Right mm-hmm. now it's kind of like all on you. Do you feel do you mm-hmm. feel like that's a little tough now? Now that, you know, your essentially like your exercise, you know, your health is all in your hands now? I wouldn't say it's tough just because like I kind of memorized everything they gave us in the waiting mm-hmm. room just so I could, like, do it over the summer. And I also have, like, the old, like, weight, like, the summer packets and stuff, like, saved on my phone. And, like, I used to work out during the summers, like, when I was, like, in high school and stuff. So, like, it's not hard to do it. And I think that, like, it's kind of, like, inspiring to make my own workout plans. Like, oh, I really want to hit this today. Or I want to do, like, a whole combo kind of thing. Or, like, be have a little bit more freedom about things. I just don't think it's, like, the same intensity. Because, like... Yeah. I would be in the gym like, oh, she's lifting that much. I don't have to lift so much. Like, and like nothing feels as good as like someone like looking at you crazy when you're just mm-hmm. like, like rowing like an insane rate. You know what I mean? Like, or, like they're like, damn, Evan, like really? I'm like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, absolutely. It's, I would say too that it's, for me at least in my experience, I'm definitely not lifting nearly as much as I did before. And mm-hmm. a part of me kind of misses that because, you know, I, like you, you like the thrill, you like the challenge. Mm-hmm. I like the challenge. This may sound weird, but when I'm back squatting, you know, I kind of miss the feeling of, oh shit, am I going to get this weight up? You know, <laughs> like, you know, I reach the bottom and I'm like, oh damn, am I going to be able to get this up or not? But, you know, I don't do that anymore because my back is crap. You know, <laughs> like yeah. if I were to try to do that, I would be sidelined for about two weeks. <laughs> so, no, I'm scared of embarrassing myself. Like, I go to, like, a, a weightlifter's gym. Like, I'm, like, mm-hmm. scared of these people. Like, I don't want to do <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. It, 
it, it can be challenging, especially when you see others, you know, hitting insane amount of weight. And it's like, damn, I wish I had that time to, get, you know, <laughs> work out <laughs> in the gym like that. But yeah, oh, gosh. And you see people it's like totally swollen. And like, I'm like, how long did you, how, how long were you here before I got here? Like, oh, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder, you know, what kind of careers they have. Like, do no, they... I think about it all the time. I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, I go, I sometimes go to the gym at five o'clock or six o'clock. Depends on how like early I really mm-hmm. want to wake up. And like, I see people like staying until like eight and I'm like, hmm, what are you doing? Wait. <laughs> like, like, you said like, wait, 5 a.m. or 5 p.m.? 5 a.m. Oh, wow. So you still wake up super early. Sometimes, yeah. I like waking up early. Wow. Like, you see the window behind me? I, I, only, the only reason why, like, the shades are up is because, like, I was, like, sick and I just wanted to sleep all day. Yeah. But, like, the shades open so the sunrise wakes me up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is wild. I, I, I used to be an early riser through football, you know, like I'm sure the same thing for you, right? Yeah. Playing soccer, early riser. But ever since I started working, well, I guess I still wake up early. I wake up at six, but mm-hmm. it's like, it sucks now. It's like, a, like another, another like long day for work. But yeah, I'm curious though. So you wake up early, but for your job, what do your hours look like? It's an eight to five. So do you want to go to that track, like talk about like what I'm doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. Honestly, let's. I want to know more about what you're doing and how you're liking it and what you see yourself doing in the future. Yeah. Okay. So, backstory. I always have a backstory. I have to give backstory before I even Ooh, talk. About we love a good backstory, though. Yeah. So I like was an I interned at this place called KPMG. My mm-hmm. last two years of college. Do you know what KPMG is? Yeah. An auditing firm, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was not, I did not want to be an auditor. Like, I, I was in strategy. <laughs> I was in strategy. Okay. Which is like M&A, like mergers and acquisitions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I like signed an offer for like to start in August 2023. Guess what happened? They pushed it back to January 2024. And then... I go to New York and I was hanging out with my friends, you know, having a great time, living it up. And when I'm laying in bed in my friend's bed and, she, and like, I get a call, I'm like, who, who is this six, like, 323 number calling me right now? Might as well answer it. Answer. They're like, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. I don't remember his name. And then he's like, I work at KPMG and I just want to let you know that we're going to push back your start date to August 2024 because of the recession. And I was just like, mm, like, I'm like, oh my, like, he's like, I'm going to give you like a stipend, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, like my, my whole entire world just sank. Mm-hmm. And mind you, I just got this, this haircut, this, like, so my haircut, I just got my haircut, which was like traumatic for me. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I did not want to do this short. And then. I just got this, like, life-changing call. Because, like, I had a five-year plan, you know what I mean? I was just, like, like, you know, like, that like that moment when time just slows down and you just feel, like, it's just, like, like the sinking feeling? That's what yeah. it felt like. And Absolutely. I instantly got, I like, right after that call, I got on LinkedIn. I was, like, searching for jobs. <laughs> like, searching for, like, temp jobs and stuff like that. So I eventually found a job. I'm an intern at this place called Advanced Bionics. We make cochlear implants. 
and my finance into them. It's definitely interesting. Like, I, like, think I'm learning a, a crap ton about, like, corporate life and, like, Excel and, like, all the, like, necessary applications to, like, be in the corporate, corporate world. But I just don't think that, like, this is, like, for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always say, like, I always talk to people about it. I'm like, I just, like, don't think the nine to five is, like, for Evan Smith. Like, I know I keep on talking to myself and about myself in the third person. I'm not like this. I swear to God, you guys, I'm not like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're totally fine. So, honestly, I understand completely where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. It is a bit of a shock. And I... I also work in finance, but mm-hmm. my initial reaction to the, the structure change, right? Like it was a shock. Yeah. So is it is it more of like this is just a huge change or is it that you don't want to work in the finance field at all? Hmm, that's a good question. I feel like I would be like good at like different financial jobs, you know, like I don't know, like maybe like investments and stuff like that. But like, Mm -hmm. I like, I feel like I want to make my life like more creative and like more like about like my personal own interest. But Mm -hmm. I'm also very practical. Like I'm very, like I'm very practical person. Like that's like, I know that I have to like pursue it, like the two things simultaneously until like something comes of the creative side. But I just like, hmm a really good question no you're good i think if i like if i started like at kpmg and like and i was working at kpmg i'd be really i'd enjoy it you know what i mean because like i would be an associate like kpmg has like the structure that i like i like i like it has Mm -hmm. like consistency you know what i mean and i know what i'm gonna be doing and i know being an intern at this job kind of makes me feel like i don't know where i'm going (laughs) like you know what i mean but like at at KPMG, it'd be, oh, like, I'm an associate right now. There's a lateral. There's a lateral you need to climb. You know what I mean? Like, you know yeah. the steps. At the, at, you know the steps. At, as a finance intern, like, at this job, I'm like, oh, I really don't enjoy this. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know what that means. Well, it, you, you talked about how you had this, like, five-year plan, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. ultimately, at KPMG, you saw that ladder, right? You saw... Mm-hmm the stepping stones in front of you and that path in front of you. But at this current job you have, it's like everything is in limbo, right? Yeah. Everything is sort of not defined. And yeah. I think that that is a breeding ground for an anxiety because mm-hmm. I felt the same way when I first started working. It felt like I wasn't in the position where I wanted to end up in. And yeah. I felt like I was in limbo. Yeah. And I think that it's a grind that you're going to have to kind of just, you know, steady the storm or weather the Mm -hmm. storm in and you have to just push through it and you know kpmg that's going to happen eventually Mm -hmm. it's just a time thing now do you feel that maybe now this isn't like me saying because it sounds like you're doing this it's just a Mm -hmm. general question but do you fear that you would make your job almost like your identity like you made your sport no i do not feel that yeah. Like, I feel like, if anything, this is, like, making me not make my job, like, my, my identity. <laughs> like, it's, That's like, good. yeah, it's, like, a. I feel like it's inspiring me to look outside, like, more, like, what do I, what do I, what am I actually interested in? Like, I know that yeah. I want to do pottery, and I, I know I want to, like, take sailing classes. 
I know I love horses. Like, let me, like, go take an equestrian class or something like that. Like, I don't know. I just, like, feel like, if anything, this job is just, like, a a stability thing. Like, it just, yeah. like, gives me income to do things I want to do. But, yeah, I just, like, I feel like the only thing for me is, like, I've been on such, like, a high, like, high, like, high level. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, the captain of the team. I, like, have all these, like, leadership opportunities at, like, school and stuff. And, like, then I, like, graduate. I'm, like, at the bottom again. And I'm a freshman. I feel like I'm just a freshman of life. And every single time I go to jo- my job and my boss is like, you need to do this, I'm like, I feel like it's just freshman duties all over again. <laughs> and, yeah. like, I'm actually, like, kind of, like, grateful to have that freshman experience because if I didn't have that freshman experience as a soccer player, as a D1 athlete, like, I would be like, oh, like, this guy wants to fight. Like, this guy is disrespectful. Like, this guy just doesn't care. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, knowing that there's an objective and knowing that, like, I'm just here to help and, like, make the team stronger, like, that, like, helps me a lot. I just know that for myself that I just do not like 9 to 5. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. And I, I love the way that you described it. It's almost like you're a freshman again. And mm-hmm. you're a freshman of life, and that's so true. You're a freshman of life because it's it's a whole new it's a whole yeah. new chapter, you know. And you're starting fresh. You transitioned from being the top of your sport, right? Your top of your mm-hmm. team to going into someone else's team, someone else's stomping grounds, and having to kind of learn the ropes again. Yeah. But you know, like you said, you you're prepared for that. You have the foundation, mm-hmm. you have, you have the background, the experience to know what that's like and know that it's only just a matter of time and experience before you become that dominant, that leader, that just badass player again. And you know, that's I appreciate just, that. yeah. 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 I am curious though. So again, you talked about your five-year plan. What, what yeah. is that five-year plan? See, I don't have it anymore. It's- <laughs> in the wind I don't have that honestly like I kind of feel like everything happens for a reason and like have you ever heard that song beautiful boy is it John Lennon I hope I I, please edit it out if it's not John Lennon I really hope it's I hope it's him but like like, what's the name again or what's the song name beautiful boy and it goes like life it is John Lennon okay cool cool I'm cool (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's called Beautiful Boy. And the, one of the lyrics is like, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And I'm done making plans kind of a thing. Like, I feel like each day is another step towards like what I really want to do. And I feel like one of the things that like, I want to, not, not, it's not a plan. I feel like I just want to get like more in touch with like who I really am and who I, what I really want to be, if that makes sense. Who I yeah. want to be in the next five years instead of what I want to do in the next five years and I think that's going to guide me a little bit better than like a plan because like my five-year plan was to work at KPMG for two years and then go to and like get my MBA and then like get a better job like that's what yeah. I was, that was that, that was my plan but I kind of excited I'm kind of excited I just like feel like I just want to cultivate Evan a little bit better yeah in a way this is your time to let your you know your creative side flourish let it let yeah. it go and be it be its be its beautiful flower. Now, 
I was again with the analogies. I don't know what it is tonight. I must be on one, but oh, I'm I'm telling you, I bring it out of people. Like I like got dealing. <laughs> <laughs> no, what is that? Okay, so a Reiki is a person that does like energy clean cleansing. My best friend, mm. I told you I have a lot of best friends. My best friend Maya works at this like crystal shop, and like her boss is a Reiki. She does Reikis. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I really hope I'm saying it right. And like she did a Reiki on me, and it was like the first. She does like twenty five dollar Reikis the first mm. Sunday of the month, and I'm like, I'm gonna try this. Let's let's try it. She does this Reiki on me, and she's like. I'm literally bawling my eyes out this, at this point, by the way. She's, like, going in on me. And she's, like, I'm getting the sense that I have to do an analogy. I'm, like, something's telling me to do an analogy. I'm, like, you don't understand. I love analogies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That is so, so I think cool. I'm freaking it out on you, like, ten times. If you're, like, the type to do analogies, I'm, like, really inspiring you right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I feel it. I feel it. It's You're pulling it out of me. And I think... <laughs> And, I, and you just made me think of something else. So, you you know, you were talking about it's sort of like you think everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. I I believe the same thing, but mm-hmm. I ultimately also believe that the only way to move forward in mm-hmm. life is when you burn the bridges behind you. So there's no way to go back. Snaps. So I believe that's what's that. happening right now. I, I feel believe, like that's yeah. that's what's happening with you, and mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time when you look back and you realize, yeah, there's nowhere else to go, there's nowhere else to look back on, yeah. but just going forward, and that's where I you're in I'm right now. I'm supposed to be in this conversation right now. Like I'm, I'm not even lying. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my therapist talk about this all the time. She's like, you need to stop recycling things, Evan. <laughs> I like that term though, actually. <laughs> I need to talk to my therapist about that. Yeah, like she's like, like you need, you need to stop recycling things. Try composting. Make a garden out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, like why did you just eat? And I was like, you need to put that on your therapy page. Like you just like that was a lyric. That was a <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think that one of the biggest themes in my life is going back to things and like. I do want to stop. I want to quit that habit. And then I think that, like, me getting my double shoulder surgery was, like, whatever power was up there or, like, whatever was happening, universal power was up there, is, like, their way of saying, Evan, like, you need to not go back. Like, <laughs> like they, yeah. like, put the coffin on that one. Like, if I didn't do that to myself, I honestly think I would have taken a fifth year, like I was saying. Like, yeah. we'll come back to it earlier in the session. I was like, the only reason why I didn't take a, a fifth year was because of my shoulders. And, yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunate. But also, like, I think that this is t- my time to be Evan and not Evan the soccer player. Yeah, absolutely. This is, again, kind of like your your point in your life where the, the, the bridges behind you are gone and the only <laughs> way is forward. And... I think that in a way, like you said, you know, how your therapist said, you know, stop recycling things, right? Like mm-hmm. be a garden, let, you know, let things grow. And mm-hmm. I think you were saying that, you know, you keep going back to your old like way in a way where you keep thinking about, you know, these old things. Mm-hmm. And that's, 
a problem that I think a lot of people experience, especially with me, where you know what you need to do, you know mm-hmm. what must change, but the idea of taking that first step is just almost very difficult. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we just need that little push, that little mm-hmm. kind of catalyst to say, we're going forward, we're going to change and yeah. You're going to, you're going to, I know you're probably going through that process now, but it's Mm going to start making more sense as you progress. So, yeah. 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 I think one of the biggest things that like, I didn't really understand until like, I'm having this conversation with you. I'm telling you, I feel like I'm supposed to be having this conversation with you. (laughs) I think chaos is kind of beautiful. And Mm. like my life, these last couple of like these couple months has been chaotic. Just so much chaos. And through chaos, I kind of feel like I've, like, have you ever, like, seen a phoenix? Like, a phoenix, like, rise out of the ashes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, that, like, catatome and all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like the chaos was, like, my phoenix rising out of the ash. Like, mm-hmm. like resilience, just, like, showing myself who I am and, like, kind of, like, brooding that, like, well, like opening up that eternal love that I have for myself because I, I honestly don't think I really love myself like these last 21 years of my life. And I don't know. I think that like each day it's just like, hey, who, who loves Evan? And it's me. Aww. You know what I mean? Like that's what yeah. like, I think this is what the chaos is kind of teaching me. And I think day by day I'm like, composting instead of recycling yeah do you do you ever think back to little evan like little kid evan all the time yeah yeah what do you what do you think let's just say for example they were here right now yeah and they saw you yeah what would what would their thoughts be I think little Evan would be proud of me. Like, I think she's, like, excited to just see me, like, just, like, living life in a way. Like, making moves, being independent, (laughs) having friends. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things she's proud of is having friends. Because, like, little Evan was shy. And little Evan, like... Because Little Evan had a big speech impediment. She couldn't, like, pronounce maybe, like, 22 of the 26 letters in the alphabet. Like, <laughs> she was embarrassed. But also, like, I think she's also just, like, you can do it. Like, I was very fearless back then, and I'm, like, slowly learning to be fearless now. Again. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm I'm really happy to hear that because I think that when you start looking at the inner child of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. At least for me, I realized that the younger Nico, the, uh, the younger me, mm-hmm. I also, for me, just as a side note, I had a speech impediment. I want to ask you what. You have a speech impediment too? Okay, James. I, I wanted to ask yeah. you what, what a little wanna, Nico thinks about you. Yeah, yeah. So... To answer your question, little Nico, I think, would be proud as well. And 
I think they would be proud of the fact that I overcame a lot this, these past few years. And I know that little Nico was hell-bent on playing in the NFL <laughs> and going to go play there. But if you were to ask me that question three years ago, I probably would have told you that little Nico was let down and disappointed because the Nico then did not reach that goal, that dream. And now as I look back, I realize that no, that little Nico, that little Nico would be happy, would be proud to see that he realized he's more than just the goals that he set for himself. Yeah. I have a crazy outlook on things a lot of the time when I need comfort or like, Mm -hmm. When I think about little Evan or like grown Evan five years or 20 years from now, I like mm. kind of like, I kind of like picture them here. You know what I mean? Like I kind mm. of like picture them like coming in and like giving me a hug when I'm really sad and like saying everything's going to be okay. Do you ever do that? Like I, maybe I'm just like weird or like that. Yeah. But like it's just like. No, so I, c- yeah, I, I think that I think that's pretty normal. I I do the same, honestly. I think about in a way like just envisioning all the different parts of me or all the different, I guess, life stages of me in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. From like childhood all the way up into I don't know, like sixty years old. You know, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think about all of them just kind of looking at me right now and. Mm-hmm thinking that the younger versions of me would look up to me and mm-hmm. see the growth and be proud of that. Yeah. And all the versions older than me would look back at me and say, wow, like if only you knew how much more life you were to live, you know, yeah. and how much more you're going to experience. And yeah, I think ultimately that kind of gives me like a sense of happiness to think, wow, like I can, live so much more and you know do so much more and go explore Mm -hmm. right go live life for me shoot i want to go freaking visit the philippines like you know like i know that's random but like i never got low key though (laughs) like honestly i i've been wanting to travel out of the country for so long and now i just feel like might as well now like why not why not go. yeah 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 so and so i italian um my dad's from italy we have i have family there in italy mm-hmm. and i go visit them every now and then but my biggest regret i would say was not visiting my grandmother enough before she passed there yeah and i have family there that are older as I mean, they're getting older and mm-hmm. I'd be damned if I don't make it more of a, like a regular occurrence to go visit them yeah, and spending more time with them because life is short. <laughs> life is so short. You know, we're not guaranteed. We're not guaranteed anything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. I, I... <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I don't mean to get all sappy, but yeah, no, it's... We started off sappy. Might as well keep it up. You're right. <laughs>
but I do like agree like making like I feel like your value system for you is like family too so mm-hmm. I think that like one of the biggest things that I've learned in life is like what like how to make decisions is based on your values and if you have family if you have values or family like you shouldn't definitely make decisions that coincide with that and like if that means traveling to Italy every year just to go see them I think that makes a lot of sense yeah absolutely you know what's what's weird is that I felt like I didn't really know my values until after I retired or like at least graduated mm-hmm. because to be honest I'm a chronic people pleaser right mm-hmm. or at least me I too. was yeah but I mean I'm, I think it was just as a me and, and, and me, me and Nico kind of thing like it's yeah like a thing I don't know <laughs> we have so many co-exciting <laughs> things like I don't know too many literally literally it's wild and I think that there's like some sort of correlation between like maybe people that have these very high aspirations and those that also have like this people pleasing aspect in them but Mm -hmm. you know it's that I I was so focused on making people happy and making people Mm -hmm. feel that I was doing something good and I used football in that in that way because anytime I did something good on the field I would get validation and love for my family mm-hmm. and I didn't make decisions based on what I wanted to do I made decisions based on what I thought other people would want me to do and then yeah. now after I graduated it's like hmm what do I want to do <laughs> who who am I right yeah and I think those values I'm starting to really figure out now and it makes me feel more focused on me in terms of like what I stand firm in which is family most definitely by the way I have I have four siblings so and yeah so it's it's like we're pretty we're pretty close (laughs) I love that yeah Um, I completely agree with what you're saying though like the people pleasing uh, D1 athlete pipeline is very strong with me too and I like definitely think that like my mom used to say this to me like my last season because like I was like crying all the time just like in my feels just like I'm not worthy I'm like I'm like trash like stuff like that all the time she's like honestly I've been like I remember when you were a kid like you like did this peak like you like did a like you shut them out on PKs or something and all the parents lifted you up and like they like cheered like Evan you're awesome Evan you're like I'm like eight years old they're doing this to me Mm. she's like I feel like you're still like trying to get that feeling back and I'm like be quiet like that's not (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and like she's like it's like not true but also like a little bit true like that kind of like validation and so like a pseudo like love feeling that I got from that was kind of an inspiration and I do think that like I'm letting that go slowly and I I I kind of feel like it's held me back in so many ways that like it has to be gone by the time I'm 25 or like this is like oh it's like a waste of time you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I totally I totally understand completely and it's interesting that you brought up that moment, you know, what your mom said, because that encapsulates the idea perfectly. It's like, Mm -hmm. 
you're you're trying to chase that feeling of feeling you know like oh yeah. my gosh like i'm this is my purpose this is me like it feels like i'm feeling feeling you know like mm-hmm. i'm doing something good like what i'm supposed to be doing yeah and i think that when you leave your sport right you know you mm-hmm. you lose that right but at the same time it's hard it's hard to fill that void whenever you no longer have a way to do that. And yeah. personally, I tried doing that by sort of working myself into the grave at my job. And I tried, you know, trying to seek the same sort of validation from my manager, from my parents and stuff. But I realized that like, it wasn't the same feeling. And mm-hmm. I realized that you keep chasing that, that high it's you're just going to keep being let down yeah and I don't know how do you feel do you feel that way too I I agree like I think the thing that comes to my mind is that everybody has an addiction someone has an like my addiction was trying to chase that first high of like being lifted up at eight years old and Mm. um my parents saying oh my god Evan yes so good love you like you know what I mean like that feeling and like yeah I like am trying to let that go I'm like 1000% trying to let that go but like once in a while I'm like guys like can you, can you come look at this like you know like is this good is this yeah. good <laughs> like, I, like, I think I think at the same time though that's that's fine you know like I, I feel like it's okay to like want people to be proud of you I think there's just yeah. a balance to it so. I think balance is, like, the hardest thing for me. Like, I'm, like, mm-hmm. is this, like, bad that I'm asking for validation right now? Like, because, like, you know, being so aware that, like, so hyper-aware that, like, you're, like, I'm such, I'm, like, a people pleaser that needs validation. Should I be even mm-hmm. asking for it? You know what I mean? So that's yeah. one of the big things that I'm struggling with. And I also think that, like, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I almost got into the cycle of, like, trying to people please my boss. And I mean, like, oh, my God, I really want him to think I'm the best. Like, I'm going to stay until, like, 10 o'clock tonight mm-hmm. and work and, like, all this stuff. But, like, who's that really serving? Like, I don't right. know. It's yeah. probably not going to be the work I've ever done. And also, I'm not going to be yeah, happy afterwards. It's literally, it, it, only, it only hurts you, you know? Like, people, especially, like, one thing I learned in the workplace. I know we're kind of, like talking about work now which makes me cringe but it's like it's true though it's like you can do all these extra things show off show out do like go the extra Mm -hmm. mile for people but at the same time they're they're just gonna start seeing you as like the person that is the fixer the solver right and it is only gonna hurt you because yeah they're not going to respect you, if that makes sense. At least for me, that's how I've, I've seen it. It's like, they're not going to respect you or your time mm-hmm. because they see you as always being willing and, and like helpful at every turn. And to a degree, right? Like you want to be helpful, but at the same time, it's like you need to know your limits and do ultimately mm-hmm. what you know you can take on. But yeah, yeah, I had to have that conversation with my manager this week. <laughs> which is funny we're talking about it now but yeah 
boundaries is a big thing. Work-life yeah. balance is a big thing. And I completely understand what you're saying. Because, like, I almost got on the path of, like, taking on too much. Because I was like, mm-hmm. I was D1 athlete. Like, I could oh, take yeah. anything you have for me. Like, like I just want to be challenged. And then, like, I slowly am getting off that wave. I'm like, nah. Like, <laughs> yeah. How do you... How do you take feedback in the workplace, do you feel like? Honestly, nothing would be as horrible as my coach screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh, oh that call with your parents after you had a bad game. Like, nothing would be as bad as that. But, oh, like, my gosh, yes. It's like, he gets on me about, like, uh, like, uh, like, a, like, a mistake on, like, a joint. Like, not a joint tree, but, like, you know, something on Excel or something. I'm like, okay, like, that's easy fix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Like, sometimes I'm, like, like, it doesn't, like, I feel, like, so disconnected from, like, the job, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, not Mm -hmm. something that, like, really affects me, that, like, it's just, like, okay, like, I can fix that. Like, I'm not embarrassed. That's a lesson. Okay, next. That's good. That's really, that's a really good outlook to have. I would say that's a skill that I didn't really get until this, this year, honestly. I would be so afraid to make a mistake, Mm -hmm. you know, so afraid to do something wrong. I felt like I would jump immediately to the to the worst outcome, which is like getting fired for making a very silly, simple mistake. Yeah, and I had to realize like, no, that's not how that's not a, that's not how like a logical society or like world works. Like, if so, if you were to do if that were to occur, then that's not a place you want to be in. You know, that's mm-hmm. not normal. But yeah. do you do you did you ever experience that at all? Like, kind of like that. Not at this job for some reason like usually like i'm not kidding all my 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 last relationships my friendships Mm -hmm. like my soccer career school just like i'm i'm a very paranoid like worst case scenario kind of person i i was like trained that way to be a goalkeeper you know what i mean and like yeah for some reason at this job i'm like really practicing not thinking worst case scenario because like for example, I sent an email last week, I think, and it was like, I, sp- I misspelled this guy's name. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get flamed. I'm gonna get- <laughs> <laughs> At first, that was my mindset. I was like, honestly, like, it was one letter off. Like, yeah. I'm just still on it. And, like, I'm just going like, to, let it, like, act like it never happened, to be honest. And nobody said anything about it. And I was yeah. like, okay. Like, they probably just thought it was like a, like a, like a autocorrect kind of thing. And I just, like, feel like I'm, like, protecting myself in a way, like, by not thinking that way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why I I feel that way, but, like, every single time, like, I even think I'm about to think that way, I'm like, why would I think that way? Like, mm-hmm. honestly, like, I just feel like yeah. I'm very just, like, if this, like, if, I, if it did, if it did do something wrong, that I'm just learning a lesson and it's not going to, nothing's going to like really going to hurt me like that. I, that's honestly one of the most important skills that I think a lot of people like us, like people pleasers, almost like perfectionists, right? Mm-hmm. They need to learn. And you did it, I think just naturally where it's like you're self-regulating your own emotions on the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard yeah. to do because you need to step out of like your mind, your own kind of comfort mm-hmm. zone in that moment and challenge yourself and say no 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 like mind calm down like it's mm-hmm. not the end of the world you know you you're doing that and i think that how old, sorry how old are you again 22 22 oh my god 
gosh, wow. Like that is, I'm, I'm not trying to gas you up here, but like that, that is something that even people in their thirties don't understand yet. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's really Appreciate good. That. Yeah. I honestly, if I'm like going to like dedicate that to anything, it's going to be meditation and journaling. Mm-hmm. And like, good. also like I've told you, like I'm going through a whole time right now. And like, mm-hmm. honestly, I'm my, I'm my own safety net. And if I, like, betray myself, like, I'm by myself. Like, that's, like, and, like, I just, like, don't want to, like, be another aspect of my life that, like, is, like, kind of, like, shooting me down. So I think Mm -hmm. through, like, turmoil kind of a thing and also just, like, practicing, like, mindfulness, it's helping me out a lot. And I, like, I don't know. I think I'm just, like, really trying to, protect and take care of myself in this yeah. chapter that's yeah. that's really good and i think that i know that you're going through like this 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 very difficult time right now in this transition mm-hmm. and i want you to know too that you know i know you and i just met but you have me in your corner you're not alone if you ever need to talk yeah. i know i sent you my number on yeah. email so if you ever need anything i got you because i understand what it's like from that from that that perspective so i appreciate you nico yeah of course i need to send i'll I'll send you a text right after this because like yeah oh i'm like i'm telling you like i I lose track of things (laughs) you're good you're good like i was like something's going on to like this week like nico and i went on my email i was like so excited to talk to you this morning I I completely understand because i have i actually got diagnosed with adhd last year Mm -hmm. And it made sense because I'm the same way. I'm not saying you have it. I'm just saying, like, I understand kind of yeah. like, you know, the just you have a lot to juggle, a lot to balance. Yeah. And, you know, as being a high self-driven person as you are, you split yourself into so many things because you like it. You like doing mm-hmm. all these different things, like writing your book, which I'm excited to read the prologue. But, <laughs> but you know, your you job. Send me the prologue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, man, like, look, like you have all these things that you're interested in. It's like, you can't expect yourself to be perfect in like every little thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's just life. Like you're human. So. Yeah. yeah. I think perfection is self-sabotage. Yes, that is perfect. You know what? I'm gonna have to clip that. I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to put that in a quote. <laughs> are you gonna do the recycling and the compost and then the oh yeah perfection is self-sabotaging too okay perfect. you're 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 like a flourishing garden of analogies and and like just little <laughs> nuggets of, of i don't know wisdom so it's great thank you <laughs> yeah i need to, i need to like I, I if i didn't have strep throat right now like i feel like i think that like i would even be better so if there's a part two to this maybe uh-huh. two years in line i think this podcast would go viral 1000 <laughs> percent. yeah honestly i'd be so open to doing like a part two or part three or you know how many other parts <laughs> it's, it's super, you're just you just have a you, you bring you bring a lot so i appreciate thank it thank you thank yeah. you i i appreciate you giving me the platform to talk this like i'm telling you that like when you started talking about your friend who passed away and like your mission like it gave me chills and like this is like something like it gave me the similar feeling about like what I did like in in, like college about like 
social justice and stuff. And like, I'm just yeah. like, I, I don't know. I know we don't know each other, but I'm super proud of you. And like, this is super inspiring, inspiring to me. So thank you for showing me that there's more to sports and there's more outside of like work and like everything. I'm just like super impressed. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Th- those are very kind words. And honestly, hearing even you speak was like therapeutic for me honestly I felt like I was I felt like this was your show you know what I mean and like I was joining you it it was it was fun I liked it it was really cool I I like I like having you on here so if you ever want to hop on again just shoot me a text or whatever I'm like yeah let's do it okay I like conversations I'm a con I'm a I'm a Gemini I don't know if you're into that kind of thing I'm a Gemini so (laughs) I think I'm I'm not really I'm not like well versed in it but I'm I think in Aquarius, I think February. Oh, that's why. I okay. Love <laughs> okay. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know yeah. if like, I don't know. Cause I know signs don't, I know that some signs don't work well together and some do. So I don't know how ours compare, but. I think we're air signs. That's why. Oh, okay. Air signs get along very well. My best friend, Claire, the one that played soccer with me at UCSB is an Aquarius too. Shout out Claire. Oh, shout out Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Next Chapter Athletes podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave a review. Your support helps us continue having these meaningful conversations with former athletes and experts within the sports field. Stay tuned for more insightful content. And until next time, just keep writing your story.